Brother Ford to come and God blesses and use him here tonight. You're going to help him preach. You're going to help him touch God. Let's get a hold of God together tonight. How about it? God bless you, Brother Ford. Come on. Praise God. Praise God. Come on, let's love Jesus one more time. Come on, you hadn't done enough. You hadn't done too much. Let's love him. Come on. Hallelujah. Oh, we love you, Jesus. We need your presence. We need your power. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, we need your power. We need your glory. We need your might and your strength. God, we need your manifestation and glory in this place. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Well, the church got cold when the saints of old were no longer around to pray. It all started with a shout, but the fire went out when people no longer prayed. But our hearts keep reaching, and our soul keeps reaching for that old-fashioned cure for sin. We need a good dose of kneeling when the soul needs healing. And a no time feeling again. Well, I got a feeling we're going to be a feeling that old time feeling again. Oh, the glory of it, don't you just love it when the hallelujah means begin. Well, we're getting there early, going home late, riding on a heavenly wind. I got a feeling we're going to be feeling that old time feeling again. Well, we didn't come together just to talk about the weather or to show off all the clothes we wear. From the ceiling to the floor, from the stage to the door, there's revival everywhere. Well, the people keep reaching, so we gotta keep preaching. Granny's old fashioned cure for sin. She used a good dose of kneeling when the soul needed healing and the old time feeling again. Well, I got a feeling we're gonna be feeling that old time feeling again. Oh, the glory of it. Don't you just love it when the hallelujah beats begin? When we're getting early, we're going home late, riding on a heavenly wind. I got a feeling we're going to be feeling that old time feeling again. <laughs> Woo! How you like that, BB? Hallelujah, hallelujah. I said, you didn't even know that was a song. He said something today, and I come out with that song just to sing it. Then Brother Moore said something while ago, and I thought about it again. I said, it must be the will of God. Woo! <laughs> well, we didn't come together just to talk about the weather. On the show of all the fine clothes we wear. From the ceiling to the floor, from the stage to the door, there's revival everywhere. Well, souls keep reaching, so we gotta keep preaching this old fashioned cure for sin. It takes a good dose of kneeling with the soul needs healing. An old time feeling again. I got a feeling we're gonna be feeling that old time feeling again. Oh, the glory of it. Don't you just love it when the hallelujah means began? Well, we're getting early, going home late, riding on a heavenly wind. I got a feeling we're going to be feeling that old time feeling again. I got a feeling we're going to be feeling that old time feeling again. Oh, 
the glory of it. Don't you just love it when the hallelujah meets begin? Well, we're getting there, going home late, riding on heavenly wind. I got a feeling we're going to be feeling that old time feeling again. Oh, come on, let's love him right now. How many of you want that old time feeling again? How many want that power of God to flow? Hallelujah. But there's got to be sacrifice in the mix. Hallelujah. 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 Well, we didn't come together just to talk about the weather <laughs> or to show up all the clothes that we wear. Because from the ceiling to the floor and from this stage to the door, there's revival in the air. Well, multitudes are reaching, so we got to keep preaching this old-fashioned cure for sin. It takes a good dose of kneeling when the soul needs healing and an old time feeling again. Come on, let's love him right now, everybody in the house. Don't you want to feel that old time feeling again? Don't you want to be a part of the church of the living God? Yeah! Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. 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 Hallelujah. 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 Ah. Ah. Sometimes we get in too big a hurry. In too big a hurry, we miss what God would. <laughs> I'm going to apologize to my Sunday school class a little bit. Uh, because I'm probably going to go over some of the same stuff I said to them this morning. And uh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many believe revival's in the air? How many feel like you're revived from where you were? that you've taken those steps and you've drawn closer to God. We hadn't yet arrived. I'm like Paul, not that I've already attained, but, but I'm pressing toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And I'm stretching myself. Not that I've really done a whole lot of stretching yet, but I know the potential of my God in an earthen vessel.
It's explosive. It's city shaking. Devil confounding. Enemy defeating power and authority from an earthen vessel. Just, just like you. Everybody say, just like me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I got a feeling that the song is right. I'm going to tell you why. I hope I'm not going to be too long. I, I hate to be long because I see some of you, you get really tired sometimes. I, I see that. <clears throat> but if you could just uh, maybe for a little while, I would just like to talk to us. It's good that it's us. Wesley, good to see you, son. Good to see you, son. It's time to come home. It's time to come home. How many of you picked up your pamphlet this morning? pick up a pamphlet today anybody know what it said I have some things here I wrote down and I, I've been having to get on to my wife from cleaning up the table because I've been using her kitchen table to read a lot ever a lot of mornings early in the morning and uh, sometimes now that I'm retired, sometimes it's real early before she would get up and go. And then again, after she goes. And but I wrote some stuff down and I had to keep getting on to her because I was afraid she'd misplace it. But I didn't want her to look at it either. I don't want to have a heads up about anything. But of course, as you know, my notes, nobody can tell what I'm going to say about what I got anyway. Sometimes I don't know. Hallelujah. And, uh, but that's, that's all right. It's, uh, <clears throat> but uh, It brought back memories. And uh, I'm going to talk about that just a little bit, if I could. I'm going to try to help us. Uh, it might get kind of... Pastor Moore, it might get kind of sketchy or kind of rough. I hope not, but it, we'll see how it goes. 
But this much I do know, Brother Bradenberry, that Jesus loves me. And he means for me to make heaven. He really does. He chose me. Pastor Moore, it's up to me to make that calling an election elect of God sure hallelujah and so for just a little while <clears throat> let me read a scripture that I, I had wrote down and I'm going to tie all this stuff together if I can and uh And I'm going to uh, use Brother Nate Wilson just a little bit too. What a story he told, and uh, if I could, and uh, Verse 9 of 2 Kings 2. Verse 9 of 2 Kings 2. And I'll try to think of something to call this after a while. So sound man, I'm not going to tell you about who was in the sound booth. But that was kind of funny, that. Chapter 2, 2 Kings, verse 9 says, And it came to pass when they were gone over that Elijah said unto Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. And he said, Thou hast asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if thou see me when I am taken from thee, it shall be so unto thee. But if not, it shall not be so. Would you help me pray that God would just help me to just talk to us just for a little while, okay? Help me pray right now. Holy Ghost, help me, Jesus. I just want to be what you want me to be. I just want to say what you would have me to say. Let my heart be tender. Let my heart be filled with humility and love. Oh, to speak after the very heartbeat of my Savior, my Lord, my love, my life, Jesus the Christ. I love you, Lord Jesus. I ask you to bless these people. You're great people, oh God. 
that you have called and you have washed in your own blood, that you have poured into them your own spirit. God, I ask you to help us tonight. Help me be gentle and kind, even as thou wouldst be, O God, my Savior, my King. In Jesus' name, open our ears that we may hear and our eyes that we may see, that we might be the vessels of the glory and the power of God in this last day. Amen, amen, amen. Clap your hands unto the Lord and go down as you clap if you would. Amen. Lord bless you in Jesus' name. Oh, we praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. If you picked up your pamphlet, it brought back memories of a time. When a certain guy was here, a certain fellow that was trying out to be pastor of this church. How many of you remember that? Just by reading this, you remember that. Got one hand at least. My wife remembers. And he had a little song. He says, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone that loveth knoweth God. Anyway, beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God. And knoweth God, he that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. So, beloved, let us love one another. 1 John 4, 7 and 8. Beloved, y'all remember that now? This guy that came through here, his name was, I think, Paul Davis. Y'all remember a Paul Davis? How many of you were here 35 years ago? How many of you was here 40 years ago? Hallelujah. Some of you act like you weren't, but you were. <laughs> but uh, he had this little ditty, this tune that he sung. Now, he didn't last very long, uh, but it... This, uh, this brought back some, um, some memories. And uh, I got to talking to the Sunday school class this morning, and one thing led to another. And uh, if we look at, If we look at Elisha and Elijah, what we read tonight, what I read, uh, it's about probably, Pastor Moore, somewhere around five, looking at the timelines. It's, you have to really, really look to find, but they say somewhere around five to six years, and that would seem about right from the time that, that Elijah came out of his cave when he thought he was the only one left. And it's as though that Elijah 
And if you'll remember here, one of the last times I talked to you, that you're not dead enough. After winning the great battle on Carmel, he runs for his life and finds himself buried in the cave. And it's from this cave experience, he hears that still small voice after all the thunderings and the rock rending and all of that stuff. And he hears the voice of the Lord twice. He said, what doest thou hear, Elijah? And then the storm. And he wrapped his mantle about himself, his face, and he came to the entrance of the cave. And the storm, wind, the lightning, the thunder, and the earthquake, whatever, all that stuff. God was not in any of that, but he, then he heard that still, small voice. And he come out, and the voice said, what doest thou here, Elijah? And uh, so it's as though that God has resurrected Elijah and he tells him, I'm not through with you yet, in essence, but I need you to go and uh, I want you to anoint Hazel, king in Syria. And I need you to go and Anoint Jehu, that he be king in Israel. And I need you to go and anoint Elisha to be prophet in thy stead. And so it is that uh, we see that the man Elijah, the Tishbite, uh, after... The first thing he does in all of that is he meets Elisha. And he says that he takes his mantle, his coat or his overcoat or his robe, as you would in that day. And he casts it upon Elisha. And it said Elisha immediately follows him and said, hey, hey, just give me time. Never said, come and follow me or that stuff. He said, but let me go kiss my mom and my dad. He said, what have I to do with thee? Go. What have I got to do with you? And so he goes back and... It says that he's plowing with, and I heard an old preacher say that he had the first cultivator, that he had a 12-row cultivator because he had 12 yoke of oxen and was plowing with them. Well, I don't know so much about that. It could have been maybe, and I'm not, you know, I'm not here for that. I'm just saying it said that there were 12 yoke and he with the 12th, that he was with the 12th yoke. And, uh, and so he goes back. And he did take, and he kills two of them, and he's, he takes the wood from his implements that he was plowed with, and he took that wood, and he offered unto the Lord, and then he offered to the people, and they did eat. And then he went, and he followed Elijah. And it is, too, that after this, that Elijah is found again showing up in Ahab's at his doorsteps when he goes down to take over Naboth's vineyard after his wife has Naboth killed because Naboth would not sell his inheritance, uh, which uh, 
Today, there's a lot of people that's selling their inheritance for a little bit of something. When in essence, they're getting nothing in return. Now, there's a lot of stuff going on, and I, I'm not here for all of that either. But there's a lot of stuff that I could get into, that I could walk into, and that I could, uh, uh, you know, talk about things that are happening in the, the realm of Pentecostalism, if you would, if you please. I mean, uh, but I'm not, I'm not getting into that. But what I want to try to do tonight is, is to help us remember where we have been at one time. And where we could have wound up if it hadn't been for the grace and the mercies of the Almighty God. I'm talking about this church. This building could have been an overgrown patch of weeds by now. Crumbling down structure of nothingness. Yeah, sort of, kind of, and all that. But we find that Elijah has shown back up in Naboth's vineyard, right hard by the palace. And he gives a proclamation. He says, yeah, the dog's going to lick your blood for they licked. Naboth's. Jezebel's blood's going to be splattered against the wall. And the dogs shall eat her. Guess what happened to both of them? And so it is that all this time that Elisha, because when we read leading up to this text, that he, he starts out, in the first of the chapter, chapter 2, if we were to read that, let's just read some of that so, so I, can't, I won't be messing you up too bad here. Uh, he said, and it came to pass when the Lord would take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind, that, or by a whirlwind, that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. And Elijah said unto Elisha, tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord hath sent me to Bethel. And Elisha said unto him, As the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they went down to Bethel. And the sons of the prophet that were at Bethel came forth to Elisha and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Lord will take away thy master from thy head today? Now, uh, it is surmised that these school of the prophets where they were the schools of Elijah that he was that he was training other young men to become prophets of the Lord and uh, how to listen I don't know that that's but I do know that in all these places Samuel went and they were the places that he went yearly in his commuting in Israel so that all of Israel could hear and be a part of the sacrifice of the Lord God of Israel. 
And uh, so Samuel, in a sense, was a, uh, a priest, uh, but not. But he was prophet. Because he came up under, how many know, you remember he came up under who? Eli, the high priest. And he was in the temple with him serving day and night. And he was on loan. And um, so here they are. And it says, then the sons of the prophet says, don't you know he's going to be gone today? And he said, yea, I know it. Hold ye your peace. So I don't know if it's actual schools that Elijah, but that seems to be a prevailing thought. So we'll just say that. And then Elijah said unto him, uh, Elisha, tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. And he said, as the Lord liveth, and as I so liveth, I will not leave thee. So they came to Jericho. And the sons of the prophets that were at Jericho came to Elisha and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Lord will take away thy master from thy head today? He said, I know it. Yeah, I know it. Hold ye your peace. And Elijah said unto him, Terry, I pray thee here, for the Lord hath sent me to Jordan. And he said, As the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. And they too went on. Now, I've had this. How long have I been trying to keep you from throwing this away? Two or three months, maybe. I don't know. It's been a little while. And all this. It's in the midst of all of this, trying to get all that junk together, trying to be, trying to get retired. And for somebody that's worked on a job like I worked on, it's, I mean, Just let me be retired. Give me some money. <laughs> it just don't work that easy, right? Hallelujah. And, um, and so, it's apparent to me, or it, it's, it seems like it's indicative here, reading how that he says, as thy soul liveth, I will not. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to tarry here. But where you take your step, I'll take a step with you. And what I see in you, and I'm going to be with you, and I'm going to take the steps you take, and I'm not staying behind because I'm following you because you're hearing the voice of God, and I want to know what God has got to say for myself through you. I don't want any secondhand information. If I'm going to be anointed prophet in thy stead, somebody needs to listen to just a young man in an old man's body. Sometimes I feel really young in my mind, but then my body tells me, hey, you ain't young. <laughs> you is old. <laughs> Older than you think. Sometimes. And uh, so I, I just. Um, so when I seen this this morning. I, I always think about that for whatever reason, that little song, that little ditty. He sung. And uh, as you know, uh, he, he, he was on tryout and uh, we had him here from 
somebody else and doesn't matter how he got here, but he did. And, uh, well, we were deceived. And uh, so things weren't exactly the way we were led to believe, okay? And uh, we'll leave it at that. And, uh, and so I, I was recalling, and I told the Sunday school class a little, but uh, here, 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 here I see, I see uh, 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 a man that was plowing a field, minding his own business. But God said, Elijah, I need for you to go get him. Because I got to have somebody to take your place. And I know who I want. Now, the calling and elections of God or the calling of God is without repentance. When God does the calling, I don't care if he's wrong. Even when he's wrong, he's right as far as it goes for you. Oh, it's going to get a little bit antsy here. And so I was recalling a time that, and I don't know when he was here. I don't know if, if, what time it was. But I do know that we were with a pastor. Then we'd be without a pastor. And then we had a skinner and was skint by the skinner. And then... Uh, and, and, and this guy, the deceiver, I call him, and, uh, and we were, but in all of that, in all of that, in all of that, we were trying to, we were trying to build a work for God. And thank God we had it enough with those that were a part of the starting of the work down here at Broom, and then come up here and we built the building and uh, we just had the studs up and uh, some of the brick maybe on the outside. We had the brick up and, uh, and we began to have just, we began to have church in here and, uh, and we had some good moves of God and long revivals and all that kind of stuff. But in between all of that, we would be without a pastor. And let me tell you what happens when you don't have a man of God in your life to give you some direction. You're, a, you're like sheep without a shepherd. And as well as you want to do it, you cannot do it without the mandate of God and the holy power and order and building of God. It will not work. It never has and it never will. You cannot make it without a man of God. Uh, in those times, I saw the lean. I look back now, and I remember even then, 
And I don't even think I had the Holy Ghost at the time. Some of those, that time. And uh, because I think that at one point there, we finally had it to where we wasn't without a pastor for very long, if we was at all. I can't remember Pastor Moore, but I do remember that it sent leanness. It put leanness into our souls. And even I, as a baby, as a baby Christian trying to live for God, and some of that time, even without the Holy Ghost, just, just have turned my life to Him. And, and, and just my whole heart was crying out for the thing that I knew was mine and the thing that God had for me. And I would not let it go. And uh, I was watching a people that were struggling and it seems like they were dying on the vine. And, 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 I, and, and I read the lesson today and we got it. And the lesson even talks about the children and how that, that, uh, that, it, you can't, you can't. If you're not like a little child, and if you're not humble before God, and if your heart isn't fixed toward God, it doesn't matter what you're thinking. It doesn't matter how you go about trying to be a part of the kingdom of God. You've got to humble yourself under the will of God. And everything that God does, it has structure. There is nothing that He ever does that has He has done without structure. So God all Always, always builds. I told him this morning, I used the example of Ezekiel in the Valley of Dry Bones. Just bear with me. I just want to help us because God has order, right? He has structure. And those, that valley of dry bones, they were scattered about. But he said, prophesy to the bones. And, and the wind and blue and the bone, every bone found its rightful place to the rightful body and the rightful blown bone that it went to. And it said they stood upon their feet an exceeding great army. You cannot have your lungs and your heart and all of that stuff and the sinew and all of the flesh and the skin and the teeth and all of that stuff come without structure. It has to be built upon something. And so God built the structure first and then he put the sinew and the bone upon it and he built him a church. He was showing Ezekiel, I've got a church. I've got a way to build a church. And I'm letting you know there's structure that has to be built first. And if you're going to be a part of my kingdom, you got to speak it the way I say speak it and you got to do it the way I say do it or it's not going to stand. It will fall. Um, and so I see now Pastor Moore that in, in my mind because of where I stand today I'm looking at and don't get me wrong he hadn't let up but I can see now Uncle Donald that the power of hell and Satan had made an all-out onslaught on Bendale, Mississippi, the first Jesus-named church of Bendale. 
And he was determined to destroy something before it could ever get established good. But there was a God in the heavens that was looking down. I believe he was looking down on some young men and some middle-aged ladies and some elderly people that had a mind to do a work for God. And they said, I'll put a weapon in one hand and I'll put a trial in the other and I'll lay the wall and I'll build the structure so that somebody can come behind and they can hear the voice of God and there could be a place of refuge and a place of divine strength and of anointing and of the power of God. Structure. And so it was that from this one, and that without a pastor listless, and you know, God has an order. Now, and uh, I didn't listen to it because I immediately went to a story and I was trying to remember that I heard Brother Nathaniel Wilson speaking to Brother Johnny King's transition conference. And I guess he's becoming bishop and the other guy they're doing just a kind of a, a conference for that. Although I think this guy may have been pastor for a little while. I'm not sure. But anyhow, they were honoring Brother Johnny King and they called it transition conference. But he was speaking there. If you can find that, you need to listen to that. Because uh, it's, uh, it's a little bit like this, but it's, it's, I'm not a Brother Wilson by no stretch. But, but he, he, he said uh, that, and this is true. John says that we no longer have any man, need that any man teach us, but we have an unction. From the Holy One that teaches us all things. And so, how many of you have had God to speak through His Word in prayer and in supplication and maybe in fastings, but sometimes just in, in prayer and meditation and reading the Word, that in the midst of reading the Word and being prayerful in doing so, that God speaks directly to you through his word. Just speaks to you. It's a direct link between you and God. You've got the Holy Ghost. You've got that, that God in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's the very God of heaven and earth. It's the creator himself. And uh, But that's not... All you need. Because God said, I send to you pastors and shepherds and prophets. In the Old Testament, he told them, hey. But he gave us the fivefold ministry. And you can't be saved without a preacher. And how can he preach except he be sent? 
And so there, there comes, there is that, that part, the vital part and the role of a shepherd that when you would be on a tangent on your own or you would be out of sorts on your own, that God, through His order of the church, He gave some pastors, apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists, all that, for the perfecting of the saints, that He speaks through that medium to you. And Brother Wilson says, there is a residue of His Spirit that is left with you from the Word of God that He got from God that He gave you for the order of God. And so... I noticed that when he asked, what can I do for you? Being as you won't leave me. He said, what can I do for you? He said, I just want a double portion of your spirit. I don't know why I, have, I do this all the time. Something must be going on. That's a man right there. I mean, if I hit him real hard, you know, he feels that. If I hit him soft, he feels that softly. If I pinch him, he knows I pinched him. But he's not just a man. He's the voice of God in your life. That gives you direction. And Elisha said, I just want a double portion of your spirit, Pastor. How many know what his vision is, what his heartbeat is for this church? How many have ever heard him say it? At some point, he's got to pass the mantle to somebody. Me and him, same age. Won't do no good to pass it to me. We allowed to keep the bucket at the same time. Go up shouting all the way. Hallelujah. We ain't just going up on the cloud. We're going to be dancing on it. I know Pastor Moore will. Can't keep him still now. You think you're going to keep him still then? Good luck. I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> but, yes, he, he, he walks in shoe leather. So did Moses. So did Saul. David wouldn't put his hand to Saul even though he was already anointed king in his stead. Although he knew the kingship was his. 
But he waited till God worked it out. And he didn't put his hand to the man for evil. And repented when he just cut off his garment to show him that God had delivered him into his hand. And it was, that's all it was for. But he repented of that. And you think let me just let me just tell you, let me just try to say it like this. Although Pastor Moore is a man, you better not look at him like a man. And you better not ever talk about him as a man because God hears that. Well, you say, well, I, yeah, you, you can, but that don't mean you're going to make it to heaven. Well, Brother Ford, you can't. I can say that. Or it don't mean God will let you take another breath. Ananias and Sapphira, they lied to the man, but they lied to the Holy Ghost because... Peter was sitting in the place of authority. Or he was the pastor at that time, if you please. And, uh, and so Brother Wilson told a story. He told another one. But this is the story that I, I went back and I recalled him. And how many know how it is listening sometimes to preaching? You don't get it all because sometimes you, you don't realize it, but you nod it off for a second. And you have to go back and try to get it again. And sometimes you do it again. And so, but I, I remembered, I remembered hearing, and I don't think I nodded off that first time, but it's hard for me, for whatever reason, to retain everything. Used to when I was a younger man, I retained stuff a whole lot better. So young people, while you're young, put your head, put your nose in the book. Learn the word of God. Let it be a lamp to your feet. Let it be a light into your path. And don't try to twist it to make it mean what you want it to mean. Let it be what it is. And ask God to help you with it. And he will help you with it. Or send somebody to you that will tell you if you will hear. Well, you think you know it all. No. I don't think I know it all. But I think I have the mind of Christ. And so, he says that his brother-in-law said he was 19 years old at the time. So, he died when he was 60, or in his early 60s, but I think he said around 60. He says that he was evangelizing, he was at a church, and he said, and uh, this pastor had this guy in the church that, that, and back then, how many remember testimony service? Oh, how I wish we would go back to testimony service. Not. And this is why. And he said that this guy invariably, whatever the pastor had preached, he had a way of getting up and when he would testify, it's kind of go against or find something or 
pretty much most of the time would, whatever the pastor had said, there would be something that he would disagree and he would make known. Well, he said his brother-in-law was there and said, and after about two or three nights, he said, uh, this pastor was kind of easygoing, like Pastor Moore in a sense, kind of passive, just not really, you know, bless God, I'm going to bust your hide. You sit down and shut your mouth. You ain't saying that in this place. He'll either let you have your say and let God tend to you. Because God has a way of tending to his stuff. You've heard me say this before. If there's something wrong with this man, I said it years ago, I'll say it again. If there's something wrong with the man that's in leadership over you, you don't use your mouth against him in private or in public. And I said this a few nights ago, and, and Brother Wilson said it in that message. Because it's in the Word of God. It said that when disputing about the body of Moses, it said the angel, Michael, wouldn't accuse Satan. He said, but he said, the Lord rebuked thee. He said he would not bring a railing accusation against him, but he said, the Lord rebuked thee. He let it be God's place. To rebuke another archangel, if you please. Cherub. The holy cherub that is covered. And so, he says that he listened to this. and said about the third night or one night, he says, he says, and I can just see him. He says, long, tall, skinny, 19 years old. He said it was just eating him up. It was just eating him up. He said, and that guy, he faster said, I guess to kind of help this guy, maybe help him see. He said, let him come up and lead testimony service. And he got up there and he said, and he really went off and started railing on the pastor, over on the man of God, and just using his own pulpit. He said, and his brother-in-law was back here sitting up there on the bench. He said, and all of a sudden he said he couldn't take it anymore. He just jumped up. He says, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. He said, and the man fell down dead as a hammer. He said, I'm not talking about book of Acts. I'm talking about what I know happened in my life. And you think it's okay? You think that he's just a man? He is just a man in the sense that he's not a ghost. And he's not a whatever Hollywood pictures up and paints up and all that stuff. It's, it's not that. But he might be a Samson. Because God can do what he did in Samson, with Samson, in him, and with him. If he needed to. And if he needed to. He could pick up the foundation of this building. And move it to where God needed for it to move. Right over here in this field. Or wherever else he might want to put it. Field. Y'all thought I was going to leave that out didn't you? Anybody heard him talk about the field? And Elisha said. I want a double portion of thy spirit. I've been following you for five or six years. 
And you think I'm going to leave you now? When you're fixing to take me, no, 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 no. I tell you what, what do you want then? What are you, what are you after Elisha? Want a double portion, whatever it is that you got. You know how we're going to have revival? Yep. Yep, you guessed it. You got to have a want. You got to have a want to. You got to want a double portion. Boy, it's quiet as a mouse licking ice. I'm telling you right now. Woo! You could hear a, a, a rat licking ice right now, couldn't you? Hallelujah. <laughs> Maybe not, but it's quiet. Are y'all mad at me? Am I making any sense? So, if I want that double portion of his spirit, I've got to make sure that the things that he throws back that when he makes an ascension with God and he hears from God, whether in this body or not, I know not, God knoweth, Paul said. And when he comes back and when he throws that mantle back, are you willing to pick the mantle up? And it says, Elisha took his own clothes and he ripped them apart. And tore them off. And picked up the mantle or robe of Elijah. When it had fell back from him. After he had smote the water of Jordan. And the river of Jordan parted. And the sons of the prophets were watching to see what would happen. So what you have to do is what you're wearing now or what you wore before. You've got to be willing to rend that into and tear it off. Not having mine own righteousness, which is after the law, but the righteousness that is the faith of Jesus Christ. And so... He tore that off. He picks up that robe that he wrapped his face in at the entering end of the cave. And he met the Lord. And God met with Elijah at the entering and resurrected him to do a work for God. Like he did before. To tell them what's coming. And to pronounce judgment on the wicked. And to pronounce life to the nation of Israel and Judah through a prophet that would help them, that would follow by faith. Did you know that those people that Elijah and Elisha helped, some of them are mentioned in the hall of faith? Because 
Somebody wanted a double portion and was willing to cast aside who and what they were and pick up what it was that was left them of the residue of the man of God that heard the voice of God that he saw with his own eyes. The miracles and the things that Elijah done and the word of God that was brought to pass. And so, and so it is tonight that, that God's looking for a vessel that is so hungry for God that they're willing to push aside everything and follow Abraham, it was a voice. Noah heard a voice and said, and moved with fear. By faith, Noah moved with fear and built an ark. What I wonder is, it says the, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge of wisdom and understanding. He said, with all thy, all thy getting and all thy getting of knowledge, get understanding. Because knowledge without understanding is, is really not worth very much. I mean, you can know a lot of stuff and not have the understanding of how it works or how to put it all together to make it work. I, that's a car motor right there, and it's all the pieces. But I ain't got the knowledge to put it together. I got the wisdom to know what it is, but I don't know how to put it all together without some kind of help. Well, hallelujah. And, uh, and so... And so it is tonight, if somebody would come to the music, I'm done. I'm, I'm done, uh, pretty much. Y'all come on and let's, let's help, because I know I'm dry. I'm, like, I'm dry as dry ice, uh, as hot ice, or whatever you want to call it. That, that stuff that when you take the lid off of it, it, it smokes real cold, but if you touch it, it burns you. What kind of sense is that, right? And... Um, But here's what I do know. For us to have the move of God that we need, it flows from the head. Now, Christ is the head. He's the chief shepherd. But he's the shepherd. The under-shepherd. Obey them that have the rule over you who watch after you. Who watch after your souls that they may give an account. And that they might do it with joy and not with angst and foreboding and worrying. Structure. A building fitly framed. Jesus Christ himself. He said it earlier. Being the chief cornerstone. What are you looking at? 
for direction today. Leprosy came on Miriam. And it was her brother. I need to say something I can't say. Just in case that you want to try to kind of dim down what I'm saying. I've seen the fruit. Sometimes it's not easy to watch the hand of God. But be warned. Be careful how you speak. God will bless you with abundance in the realm of the Spirit. Who cares about this life? He'll send you strong delusion. Make you think everything's all right and bless you with abundance and allow the enemy to bless you with abundance. And you think everything's going your way and all the time God's got his hand of judgment on you. Letting you believe a lie that you're all right because you spoke against his man. I wonder why I don't know all the time, but I do know that God plays for keeps. And when he calls them, and when he calls, and when he anoints Brother Moore, it's a done deal for him. So if you'll ask God and pray and talk to God about the things and do it with the right spirit. God will honor that and help you to overcome. Or fix the problem. And I have seen him do that. And the onslaught of the enemy has not stopped, Bradford. It hadn't stopped. But God has finally established a church. But the enemy wants to try to make inroads. That's why I'm coming with a warning. I've been doing this now for a year or more. Ever so often. The same, almost the same type message. had no idea 
When I wrote this down, it just washed over me like a wave. Hallelujah. All I got to do is lay aside my old flesh and my old robe and put on His. Put on the righteousness of God in through Christ Jesus my Lord and put that on and, and not be clothed with myself but be clothed with Him and, uh, and to walk with Him and to walk in His presence and to get a double portion of His Spirit because I will not let Him go not until you bless me. I will watch and see what happens in the spirit world? I will see how hungry am I? Am I willing to leave my old life behind? And my every waking moment be, I'm going to see what the man of God's doing today. I'm not leaving this. I'm not leaving Elijah. No, because I got a desire burning in here. I want a double portion of his spirit. And it said that Elisha done double the miracles that was recorded that Elijah done. The last one being after he was dead and buried. I want you to stand. Oh, when I wrote it down, I wrote it down like this. I says. Are you willing to follow Elisha, Elijah the way Elisha followed Elijah to obtain the or receive the glory and power and spirit of Almighty God? Are you willing to rid yourself or ourselves of our own clothing and put on the clothing of God, which is righteousness and holiness, which becomes the power and faith of God to do the mighty works of God? And so, my message to you tonight is, if we can keep our focus and listen to the man of God in our life, and drive out that spirit that would allow... Don't you even sit at the table with anybody speaking against your pastor. When they start, you call them down. I know you may not like it. I don't care. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. It's God's business what He does. And the evidence is overwhelming. He's not just a man, but He's a man in the stead of God for you. And without leadership, this thing will crumble and crash. And it'll burn. I've seen it almost happen right here.
Brother JJ, God saw you before. He saw you before you were formed. Corey Tootle, he saw you before. He said, I need a place of refuge for Brennan Ferguson's, for Lisa Cockham's, for Quinn's, for Billy Jack's. Where you two live, Brother Shaw, he saw you. Woo! I feel the Holy Ghost. There's got to be a place of refuge. There's got to be a place where God dwells. Are you willing to go that extra mile to see the glory of God return and pick up that mantle and to smite the waters and then say where are you Lord where are you Lord I know what you said I could have and then take that mantle and do it again and the waters roll back and the next time they saw him, they said, the spirit of Elijah, the sons of the the spirit of Elijah is resting upon Elisha. He's got it. But that ain't all. God's granted him a double portion. And not a word of Elisha fell to the ground. He shut the God's got a place for you. I said, God's got a place for you. But you can't do it your own way. You have to come under obedience to leadership. Well, I don't think it doesn't matter. Because they watch for your soul. Obey them. Well, I don't think, yep, that's the problem. Brother Ford, you're pretty, that's pretty hardcore. That's you. When was the last time you told God that you didn't care what others thought or what may seem? Just help me to know what you think and what you want. And I'm willing to be that. I just want to be that. I just want to do that. I just want to hear that. It's the last time you really, you really gave yourself. When was the last time you, you thanked your God for a man of God in your life that will preach the word and be instant in season, out of season, reproving, rebuking with all long suffering and doctrine. How, when was the last time that you thanked God for that man or that you went to that man and said, Pastor Moore, I really appreciate you preaching the word of God to me. And forgive me if I've spoke ill-advisedly with my lips. Did you know, 
I'm just going to throw this in. I'm going to ruin another maybe good message. But It said that it didn't go well with Moses at the waters they called it of strife at Meribah. Because he struck the rock and God told him to speak to the rock. But God told him, says, you and Aaron are not going in. Because you didn't believe me at the rock. And Moses didn't enter in. Just the same reason the rest of them didn't enter in. Because of unbelief at the rock. In a moment of anger. He forgot. And God said, because you didn't believe me. And just speak. Could that be why there was a disputing over the body of Moses that Satan said he didn't do what you said? I got a claim. Michael says, Now the Lord rebuked thee. Could it be? I don't know. Supposition on my part. Only thing I can, meekest man on earth, followed God. 40 days and 40 nights twice on the mount. Pastor Moore, I don't want to miss the mark. You've come too far to miss the mark. Be careful what you say. I don't care who it may be or when. If you think there's something in your life that you need to get right, you better get it right with God. Because they're not just men. They're the men called of God to be overseers of the flock of God in His stead. And when you touch them, that lesson that they say, said, you're touching me. Did you see that? Did you get that? Better for a millstone to be hung around your neck and thrown into the sea. Better make amends. Better do the right thing. Better talk to God. I want to be right before my maker. I'm not mad at any of you. I don't know a thing. I'm just telling you. There's a general rule. Well, Brother Ford, you mean God hadn't showed you who and what, when and where? And I don't want to know who, what, when and where. I, I, don't, I don't want to see that. All I want to know is the heartbeat of God. And can I help you help myself? Because I can't make it without you. We can't make it without you. Would you sing? Maybe some softly and tenderly sing. Oh, no, I'm just saying, not the song so much, but whatever. Would you like to talk to God? Would anybody like to just tell Jesus that, Lord, I, I want a double portion of your spirit. I, I just want to be like you. I want to hear the voice of your man in my life. I, I want to come under obedience to that voice because in doing so, I'm hearing the very voice of God. Oh, he's not God, but 
He is the voice of God for you today. Change.